Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Michael and Anwin in Yaxley. Isn't that a dumpy dump to warm? Your hearts, folks, this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. On the recent return to these platinum shores, Brit Royfield Brown, and today I'm joined by another top bats person, Cara Courage. Yay! But on this week's Dumpty Dum, we have a tune from Michael and Alwyn, and that was just wonderful. We can tell you how you can send in a Dumpty Dum later on in this episode. But on this fun-packed show, we can hear contributions from Witherspoon, our gem, she's the Ambridge Pony Club, Panto Martin, he's back, Helen Grady and Claire from Clapham. And of course, we have Tweet of Week from Purple Pumpkin. And we have the social media roundup to come from our Sue. As well as that, we're going to be welcoming new members to our Facebook group. But first, before all that good stuff, let's have a little bit of a recap of the last week in Ambridge with our Queen of Time. Hello, my lovelies. Siri, Queen of Tart on the Twitters. And time for six episodes this week. So I'll try and keep each day short and sweet. Lots to get in. Brian shows regret for being hard on Chris and Stella says he should take time off from the farm. Funny how she knows in advance what's going to happen. Is she psychic, Stella, maybe? Jim can't keep up with scoring because of Jazza wittering on and he admits that he's got the push from Felpersham Kitchens. Things do not go well between Tracy and Roy, the Judas traitor. Oh, she does get melodramatic. But Jazza and Tracy are going to move in together. Oh, Lordy, Jimus is not going to be happy. 
Turns out it's Chelsea who's not going to be happy and tells Jazza she's arachnophobic and she doesn't want Webster running about. Roy finds he's got something on his chest and turns out to be a confession of his racist past to Adil. He didn't do anything himself, mind, just spy on Usha. Ooh, he did protest a lot. Adil was unimpressed and exited stage left. Don't blame him, Roy. Roy doesn't understand that he should shut right up with Adil and stop digging. By the time Adil told him that, frankly, I'd lost the will to live. David turned into David Bailey and Ruth turned into Angela Rayner sorting out couples counselling for Stephen Liam when he stomps off having had enough of Steph's histrionics. Brookfield does seem to inspire histrionics. Wednesday saw Jazza give up Webster. And now I don't like spiders and even I was quite sad about it. Mm, although the detail on what Webster eats was probably a bit too much. Anyway, there were drama llamas round at Tracy. Chelsea's drama was to stop Jazza moving in, everything going wrong between Tracy and Jazza. And that's why she told him that she didn't like Webster. Although she then did say that she still doesn't like Webster. He's the best bloke her mum's ever had. Oh, didn't that warm the cockles of your heart? Chelsea was persuaded that Jazza is there to stay. Oh, it were lovely it were. But things went badly when Jazza told Jim and Alistair after cooking them up a bribe meal. Jim is unimpressed of Ambridge. Meanwhile, Rory blew Brian off to go to a charity auction with his sugar mummy. Clearly, they sleep in separate superior suites. Someone should suggest superior suites to the new Gay Grables owner. Naughty Rory has to turn his phone off. That's the rules, so he doesn't get to all the calls saying Brian is having a heart attack. <laughs> Even though he actually isn't. He's just having angina, which according to him is nothing much. Still, he's still alive right now. I'm very glad they didn't kill him off on the Restored Friday episode. Anyway, Rory has rediscovered his personal honour, despite promising to stay at Brian's side, and is pushing off back to London because Julianne told him to. You must do what your sugar mummy says. So glad Psychic Stella turned up, otherwise Rory might have had to miss the knees up. So we'll see what happens next week, and I'll talk to you then. Cara, were you all pumped and stoked for the archers returning back to six days a week? I am, actually. It's only a bit by surprise. You get used to one thing, don't you? And then suddenly it's there straight away, back again to six. I thought six episodes a week on a cricket week was really good as well. Uh, mm -hmm. So Archers is in for six rather than out for six. No, it was Yay. really great. It was lovely. Friday's made sense all over again. <laughs> it's back on a Friday. <laughs> Did that little gag come straight off the top of your head? Yeah. Clever me. <laughs> Do you want to take over hosting duties of this podcast on a permanent <laughs> basis? Like, I, I don't I'm have not the even tech joking. skills that you do. I don't have the tech skills nor those amazing uh, smooth production skills me. that you have. <laughs> Listen, I could not have come up with that gag if either I sat down and planned it for a week. Uh, but, but well done. Well, well done. But you know what we should do, though? Let us crack on with the caller in us and in between chats and giggles with them. An insight, of course, with the last uh, seven days in Ambridge, we can philosophically, intellectually delve deeper into if the Archers is unalloyed a good thing.
Hello, Ambridge3962. I love me a stalwart, me. And in Jen, our Ambridge Pony Club, we definitely have one of those. Greetings, Royfield and Jacqueline. Jen here, Ambridge Pony Club, just calling in. Wow, what a week. We've had a lot of drama. A big storm in a teacup over Brian, thankfully. I do hope that that all checks out okay and that we have Brian for many years to come. Um, Not least of which because his descendants are a mess and needing quite a lot sorting out before he goes. Um, Really calling in about the Rory situation, which I have to say I find deeply uncomfortable and creepy and struggling to get my head around that one. I move a little bit in those circles at the moment. I have a startup company. Um, I go to these kind of events. I cannot see the social kudos for a seemingly powerful, rich woman coming in with a pretty young man on her arm. Now, we all know it goes the other way. It somehow adds to their kind of masculine credibility. I don't think it works the other way with females. I suppose there is the kind of cougar thing but the woman is seen as kind of more predatory. And the imbalance has been made clear this week. I mean, if we had any any doubt that this was not, you know, he wants money, she wants company, so it's kind of okay. It's not okay when she's putting that amount of pressure to turn up for work. We've just had a lot of unhealthy employer relationship stuff in the Archers. As some very, very clever person on Twitter said, maybe we should have a look at the PAYE that Rory's putting in. The only good thing would be if Julianne turned out up and it was revealed that she's an old flame of Brian's. That would be quite funny. It's creepy. So that's my thoughts on that. So I hope you all had a very jolly jubilee. Hats off to Her Majesty. Don't know about the rest of them. And thank you so much for the podcast. Love hearing Jacqueline. Fabulous combination with you, Royfield. Long way. Continue. Yeah, uh, so much so this week. The connection between Angleterre and France didn't work. So we have Cara, Dr. Cara, instead. Now, Dr. Cara, right, uh, the meat and potatoes of that call was all about the unseemliness of our Rory being an escort, a male gigolo, uh, a body for hire. Where do you stand on this thorny issue? That was a fantastic call from Jen. Oh, my Lord. I wrote a page of notes on this situation and the very top bit of it is is really uncomfortable as those scenes progressed and that balance of power was changing. You know, the first scenes, you can kind of see two people who are kind of getting on the boundaries sort of fairly clear about what each of them, what they were both in it for. And then we see this game get played out with the snippiness about the no phones when they're together. That awful scene in the morning where, you know, there's that expectation that Rory would give her a a kiss on the cheek good morning was just repulsive. There was a bit of ambiguity, I thought, in the sleeping arrangement. So they had separate rooms uh, at the hotel they wanted, though, the privacy of the second bar. And then she also said, you'll get that Harry Kane shirt the next time you come over, which kind of hints at a different kind of intimacy. And then you think it's all safe, right? Yeah, great. She understands the situation with Brian. Brilliant. But then she's really admonishing and unforgiving about Rory staying on in Ambridge. And the change of tone of that, the, the power imbalance was really big. I also thought, 
who really needs company to go to a farmer's market or whatever the second thing was that she wanted to take him to? That was ridiculous. I don't know. I, having known some sex workers before, I know the rules are hard and fast, really clear from the start. And there's a lot of grey area, a lot of bleed into Rory's personal life. Uh, really uncomfortable. This is being set up for something very interesting with Alice, though. Mm. This is one of those instances where what the Archer scriptwriters are doing is actually portraying a slice of life which is uncomfortable to us. I was aware that there is a small significant percentage of students who basically have turned to some level of sex work to get them through their university years. I would not want to go out of an evening with a man in his 20s. I would be bored within five minutes. I can't think of anything worse, to be quite honest. As I understand it, true escorting, where you want somebody to go with you to an event because people expect you to be in a couple of some sort right? People expect you yep. to come with a plus one. You want somebody who is a great conversationalist, who's got some life experience, who can chat to other people as well, not just to you, but to other people who you're going Completely. to be sat around the table with. A 20-year-old at university is not going to have that life experience, <laughs> those ready jokes, that effortless charm that you're going to need. No, he isn't. Um, he hasn't got the life experience to do that and I can't imagine him having an intelligent inspired witty repartee conversation with any one of her colleagues business contacts the, the potential for embarrassment on to come back on her on this is actually quite massive in that situation but um I suppose if we're if we're up for the equality of, of the sexes, what men have been doing since since day one of uh, creation of humanity, um, what's good for the goose should be good for the gander. But it just all seems rather bizarre to me. I do think, I, I think you're right, because one thing we are seeing is their relationship. Aren't we? Obviously, there was last year and that when Alice told him in no uncertain terms, nobody likes you, nobody loves you, you're not even a member of this family. And he, then he goes off with his tail in between his legs. And there is this slow, well, I was going to say rapprochement, but she, she is trying, isn't she? She's trying to make amends. He's realised what she did was just like terrible last year. And he's much more reticent to let bygones be bygones. But I must admit, I'm finding it rather delicious, their little slow madrigal in terms of the dance of their playing out their relationship. It's wonderful, isn't it? You're right. The word is, it's just delicious. It's absolutely great. I mean, they're still definitely estranged. I think they're still really hurting from what was said to each other. Um, and, but, you know, Alice, you know, we're being set up here. I think Alice is going to either, this is either going to be a really big showdown between them. It's going to get messy. Brian and Jenny, everybody else involved, or Alice is going to come in to Rory in some kind of saviour moment. And in that case, we've got two options. Either she says, right, I know this and I'm going to hold this over you for as long as possible. So I've got some leverage here um, against Brian and Jenny. You know, if you don't do this for me, if you don't act in whatever way, I'm going to tell mum and dad. Or we're going to get the more wise Alice who's going to really understand him and understand 
what it's like to be young, to get yourself into a situation a little bit too deep, a little bit naively. Um, I obviously, I hope it's all bells and whistles, slanging match, of course. But it, it's interesting, it, you know, this is this rapprochement between them. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST that the audio quality is somewhat changed because by serendipity, <laughs> I was recording this in Hove. Hove. Yes. yes. And uh, where do you live, Cara? I live in Brighton. Which is? You're, you were 10 minutes away from me. And because uh, the platform was failing, we decided to do this face-to-face. So We did, and uh, you're now sat in my little tiny North Lane cottage in Brighton. <laughs> face to face but i can't believe i finally met you After i know right known you by reputation uh for years we met each other with a hug we did that was rather pleasant yeah well it's only, it seems only fair now but what we should do though is crack on we should because uh times of the essence because my daughter is, ha- is having a concert at sussex uni at seven which is the reason why i'm actually in brighton in the first place so um you were saying that there's going to be some level of a what exactly? What's the professional, clever, literary word that I'm searching for here? Um, a bust up? No. <laughs> there's going to be some sort of this is coming to a crescendo. Because the thing that crystallized in my mind was that Brian has a real relationship with Debbie. Mm-hmm. He really respects Debbie. Mm-hmm. Alice actually was his little girl. Absolutely. And then yeah. Rory came along and actually usurped that kind of being Brian's little favourite. Yeah. yeah. She always has been daddy's girl, hasn't she? She's always been daddy's girl. But that was one of the things, that venom that she had when she was saying to Rory, you know, you're not part of the family. None of us like you. Mm. That was deep, deep seated. That's years built up coming out in that moment, wasn't it? Mm. And so there's been this estrangement and then that all of that difficulty when Rory was down last. But, you know, Alice's suspicion around all of this it's been really juicy building up to this i partly wonder whether brian would be quite proud of his son though in some (laughs) in some you know very brian way (laughs) i I think you're right and and i hadn't thought about it 
But we do have society has this massive, massive double standard around mm. the, the mismatch of data when it comes to age. Yep. Completely. Older man, younger woman, good on you, mate. Yeah. He, he could be in for a fall here. And this is where Alice could come in and scoop him up. There was the scene where Alice saw him get out of the car. car right? Yeah. She said, who was that? And yeah. he lied. She knows that he's lying. Completely. Though so, it was a lie on the spot. I thought it was not a bad one. Yeah. It was a really good one. Yeah. Prop, <laughs> props to the fib, Rory. But it did remind me there was a TV series called Hung. Did you ever watch that? No. But it was set in Detroit. Yeah. And um, he's um, a high school basketball coach who was just well endowed. And uh, the school the school district is laying everybody off and he needs to get another job. An ex-girlfriend says, it's a real shame you can't put that asset of yours to use. <laughs> and he does. And it is so funny. And I recommend people go watch Hung. I don't know what legacy streaming platform it's on. It's brilliant. And he goes through this whole process of learning what the rules okay. are. Okay. He says, I can't do anything other than I have this. <laughs> and he says, pull down his underpants and this. You we all need something it. to fall back on, as it were. <laughs> and actually, his he's pimp was a woman. Okay. They subverted all the roles and it was very funny. It's about 10 years old. It's called Hung. It's wonderful. Uh, very funny. Uh, we should move on, right? Because uh, there were a few other things that happened in uh, Ambridge last week. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Panto Martin here again from Sheffield. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. Well, what a strange week where we were all building up to the inevitable heart attack for Brian due to him being so stressed about everything. We all knew something was coming. It was obvious as the creature terrifying a panto cast and then screaming and running off at the sight of the dame. It was great to get an extra dose in this week to find that he had angina. At first, I thought this was another silent character he was having an affair with that had been introduced quickly, but soon realised he is not a well man. And what about young Rory, eh? It's a very odd arrangement and a little insensitive to his needs. But then I guess he is what she is paying for. I guess it will help him getting lots of contacts in the future, but I wonder how much harm this is doing to the poor boy in the long term. Perhaps Witherspoon may comment on this. Anyway, hope everyone is well and has enjoyed the Jubilee weekend. That is now behind you. Bye for now. <laughs> How's your Jubilee weekend? Do you do anything? Uh, my partner made me watch the Paddington and the Queen thing, and that, that was it. That is the best advert for keeping the monarchy going. I thought it was wonderful. It was great. I was totally touched. My partner uh, had a few tears in their eye even, which is why I was made to watch it. I was all cynical at first as well, but it did win me over. She's quite a good little actress, I thought. She's 96. I know, she did it good. She's killing it. <laughs> well done, Queenie. Well done, Queenie. Where are we? What, what, what did Panto Martin actually talk about? Uh, talked about Brian's heart attack and the build-up to that. Mm. And that made me did, it did make me think about Stella to the rescue, and I absolutely love Stella. She's, and then the thing with Rory as well, and something which we didn't mention, is about long-term harm for Rory, and that made me think he's been brought up in a family that's really quite transactional. You know, Brian wants to see some proof of some skill or, and then love can be bestowed. And, and Jenny is quite judgmental. She would be 
oh my god she'd be aghast and then some if she found out that Rory was being an escort so there's you know we we've talked about parenting styles before I I also think that she's very understanding Jenny she is but I think this might take her a moment to get her head around (laughs) well yes and and Understandably so, to be fair. Absolutely, of you course. Know, reg- regardless so. of where you stand with, with sex work, you still need to gear up into it. Don't go, oh, yeah. because you, nobody sees that coming necessarily. You know? It's true. Uh, what foreshadowing have we got here for his relationships going forward with men or with women? Gosh. Listener, there's copious notes in front of Cara here. And you didn't even know you were doing this until, what, about three hours ago? Yeah, about three hours ago. And I had to listen to the, the, the omnibus again, which uh, nobody should have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing but a treat and a joy. It's a privilege and an honour. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> now, before we crack on with the calls, the best and easiest way for you to record a message, you can be a caller in or a, or you can send in a prop prediction, is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty-dum. Don't forget the T in the middle. It's dumpty-dum. And you will find a link, or you can also find a link in the show notes. Now, when you call in, try and make your call round about two minutes or less, because then they're all nice and punchy. So we need your calls by 6pm on Sunday UK time. And keep your call to a minimum of two minutes. And bear in mind, it needs to be at least 18 or over to take part. There are other ways you can help this wonderful podcast. There are three things that you can do. Now, first of all, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcatcher that you're listening to us on and give us a five-star review, but only if you think we deserve it. But it would be highly appreciated. And finally, the third thing is you could consider becoming a Patreon. I've got some news on that. Now, Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you go in big, um, you get yourself a mug or a T-shirt sent uh, from me personally to you. Uh, now, it's quite simply to join, just go to patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search for Dumpty Dum and we'll be chuffed to bits to have your support. This week, we'd like to thank Jesse Beasley and Jessica Innesman. I apologise if I pronounced that incorrectly, who joined the Inner Sanctum by becoming Patreons this week. Now, here is some breaking Patreon news. Two plus years ago, at the height of COVID, uh, we used to do uh, Zoom dum-de-dums. We're going to be bringing them back. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. That's not in the script. I didn't see that coming. No, no. They're not going to be every Friday as we did. But for those that don't know, what we did was we interviewed the cast and uh, and it was wonderful. So we had so many of the cast would come along on a Friday, spend an hour with us. We had a little bit of a quiz. You can go on to YouTube and actually watch them. So if you want to know what a Friday night Zoom is like, go on to YouTube, type in Dumpty Dum and you will just find them all there. And they're brilliant. Thank you. We're going to make these a Patreon-only thing. So if you're a Patreon member, um, you will have the link so you can actually join the shows. And I'm just so looking forward to them. We're going to do one a month. So if you're a Patreon member, not only do you support the podcast and you feel good in your bone marrow, that you're helping to support this podcast and keeping the lights on in Dumpty Dum Towers, also, you will be able in a month's time to watch us do the shows live uh, through Riverside, which is the platform that we use. We might start streaming those to YouTube, might, but right here and now, it's going to be a private thing. And then the other thing, if you're a Patreon member, you will have 
the right, the honour, the ringside seat to us doing um, interviews with the actors of the Archers. And the great thing is about that is that then you can also ask them a question to your favourite member of the Archers cast, but only for a member of Patreon. Boom. I might have to dust off my wallet then. But, oh, you've done a really good sales pitch. <laughs> but they were such good They fun. were really great. Seeing that we are making some thanks at the moment. So for those of you that don't know, it was me and um, Dr Nicola Hedlum that started Academic Archers some seven years ago now. Uh, but we've had to take a back seat of late with our socials because we're just exhausted as fun as it all is to do. But I just want to take a moment to thank the new admins of the Academic Archers Facebook page who've really admirably, superbly taken over the reins for me and Nicola this year. And they are some of the Dumpty Dum Parish as well. They are Helen Burrows, Abby Pattenden, Catherine Hoskin, Sarah Kate Mary, Hayden Burrow and Louise Gillies as well. Thank you. And there you go. And and if you're not a, uh, a member of Academic Archers, they're all good people over there. Let us go back to the caller in And next up is Helen Grady. Bonjour, Royfield. Bonjour, Jacqueline. C'est moi, said Helen from Manchester. A big shout out for Friday's episode, where we heard reference from Jim to the redoubtable Mrs Crichton rattling at the doors on the village shop. This is, of course, a lovely reference to Kate Crichton, who kept so many of us going uh, with the Friday Night Archers quiz. So it was lovely to hear that shout out to her and absolutely well-deserved. If you didn't get it, listen to it again. Set formidable. Au revoir. Did you get into the, the Friday quiz thing? I didn't, but I, I love that <laughs> kind of there's that read, like the fourth wall's gone down now, hasn't it? That was mm. meta. That kind of just blew my mind. <laughs> To think of that name reference going back. I did it. I was regularly felpershamed on a Friday night, but I didn't get into the Friday night quiz. Do you remember when Roy started dating? Yeah. He had a date with a Lucy. Yes. And Lucy and I were like, what? What? (laughs) And we we did ask Kerry, went, oh, no, it's just a coincidence. Damn, he should have lied. (laughs) Should have definitely lied. It's like... I would love to see Lucy and Roy on a date together. Helen... Thank you for that. And, and I think that's the wonderful thing about this whole kind of Ar- Archer's fandom, that some of us do take it upon ourselves, don't don't we, to um, we talk it upon ourselves to, to fill in the gaps, just like the, 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 were the Zooms. And then also there was Kate do, doing her quiz, which was a thing of legend. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. We got a Saturday group with the Archers as well. So we started to do some um, Saturday omnibus conferences where we've got people from the conference to give their papers again mm. and that's continued now with a group of our academic archers people they meet every saturday on zoom and keep the chat going and I, it's just oh the relationship that we have as fans to this show and to each other because of it it's really beautiful it's really lovely both fans of the archers <laughs> talking about a big fan of the archers one of the biggest i know is actually claire from Clapham. Hi, Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. Um, so it's Thursday, so I haven't even listened to Thursday or even Friday. Da, 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 da. Fridays are back uh, yet. But the thing I've been thinking this week is that Ardil is a sort of strangely convened reason to, to 
help newer listeners, and by newer, I mean like any time in the last 10 or 15 years or more, to understand some of the dynamics of the village. Because we had all the hoo-ha about um, Jolene and Kathy's relationship that he sort of prompted us to understand. Now, Roy's explaining what his racist past is like and telling us about his sister and all that. It just feels like probably there's people who've listened more recently are really confused about what all the background is. And lo and behold, our deal shows up. <laughs> and there is a reason for everyone to explain themselves or give us a potted history. I'll tell you, in the next week or two, we're going to have Linda's explanation of the resurgence stone, some ref- reference to scruff, or, I don't know, someone's going to have to explain to him about Helen's backstory. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it's all played out. Uh, keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Bye. Lovely Claire. Mm, we both brilliant. share her, don't we? We do both share her. She's absolutely fantastic. I agree with that. Ardell's been a, a really minute. good... Is it joint custody? Is it joint? Well... Or is it like, you only get her at the weekends, but I have her like during the week? <sighs> do you think we should go to that, that fantastic mediator that did so well <laughs> with Alison Chris to sort this out? <laughs> Claire, tell us what you think as well. Maybe you have some say in this. <laughs> Adil as a plot device, though. Stella's been used a bit to that effect as well, that lovely mm. bumbling over, which I do quite enjoy. Oh, no, no, Alistair isn't married, oh, no, no, which is great with mm. Shula. That was very enjoyable. I don't know what to make of Ardil yet. He's not been given the most exciting scripts necessarily, Ardil. But, yeah, he's a really good one for asking all of the very obvious questions. Why are you rolling eggs down a hill? The other thing is as well, we are listening to an episodic drama. Drum roll for Friday on the Thursday, Brian, uh, to say, hey, we're now doing Fridays again, you know, which takes us all the way back to um, the Archers and the first night of ITV, doesn't it? Yes. With the burning yes. down of yeah. barn. So, so props to plotting to say, you know, a little drum roll for Archers fans, Fridays are back. Well done for the NHS for getting Brian in and out of hospital with an angina attack so quickly too. Do, do we know <laughs> when into the National Health Service hospital? Do we know? Oh, that's that? a good point, actually. You would presume so because an ambulance was called. You just presume he's going to go. But like, I don't know. There's going to be a boop around there somewhere, isn't there? Mm. Definitely. And I would have thought Brian would have been private 24-7. Yeah, so. probably. But then he should have been in there for at least 48 hours then, shouldn't he? <laughs> I tell you. One of the best weeks I ever spent in my whole life was I was between about 17 and 18, one of those ages. My balance slightly went. And to be honest, it's never come back. That's another issue. But I, for a week, had to, I went into the men's ward. So I'm just yeah. kind of into the men's ward of a hospital, Sandwell Hospital. That was awesome fun. Just hearing grown men, like talk about grown men stuff, but all the stories that they told and whatever, and like, what are you in for? <laughs> it's me back. <laughs> oh, I reckon you'll be out in a week, lad. <laughs> Why I'm doing a Yorkshire accent when they're all from the Midlands. Heaven Can you do knows. a Brummie accent? <laughs> Sorry. Well, we're going to have a breakfast. Yeah. What do you reckon, Bill? I don't know. I fancy some, I fancy a big fry or... I think I'll just have the porridge. <laughs> this thing, it was a soap opera for the whole 
week. Did you know at the time that this is one of the best weeks of your life? Is that just something that we say of an age? Oh, one of the best weeks I've ever had is when I was in hospital that time. <laughs> it does sound odd, but it really was. You know, I'd had my lumbar plunge and that was not pleasant. Oof. I, I did fall in love with a nurse that kind of looked like I did all the classic things that happen. But I was a teenage boy, I was 17, 18. And there was this wonderful man. I don't know. She's like in her thirties, and she's smiling. She's like, she helped me out. I'm like, oh, Mary. Her name was. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had an episode or two. Brian on the ward. I mean, it wasn't a full heart attack, but it was no small mm. thing for a man of his age. He was in and out pretty quickly. Hasn't that been Brian's <laughs> mo? <laughs> in and out very quickly, Aldridge. <laughs> Get back to home quick as can. <laughs> right, now you said that maybe the next caller in has got some professional pontifications on the last week in averages. Are oh, with a spoon. Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, watching Queen kick off the Platinum Jubilee concert on television. Hurrah! It's both Jubilee weekend and the return of Friday episodes. Quite the cause for celebration. We had ended Thursday with Brian hanging from a cliff by his fingernails. Actually, he was clutching his chest in pain. I was expecting a very dramatic final episode of the week, perhaps some CPR, or at least Brian being in the CCU, hooked up to a bunch of tubes. So I was a tad disappointed on Friday when he was home, presumably sitting on the sofa, chatting away, fully recovered from his attack of angina. I was impressed with the concern and support that Alice was giving him, but I have to point out a slight error she made. When she was admonishing Brian, she said angina may indicate cardiovascular disease. Actually, angina does indicate heart disease. It was four years ago today that I had my heart attack after about a week of minimizing symptoms of what was atypical angina. So what kind of workup did Brian get in A&E? With such a clear episode of angina and considering his age, I would have kept him in. Did they monitor his cardiac enzymes? With me, I entered A&E, or the ER as we say here, with angina pain. And about three hours later, the actual heart attack occurred. Of course, two months prior, an NHS A&E had discharged me without doing an x-ray and missed my broken leg, saying no more about that. So please, Brian, get that stress test, angioplasty, and cardiac stent placed as soon as possible. It will be a good opportunity for the archers to increase public health awareness regarding the number one cause of mortality throughout much of the world. Finally, and briefly, Rory, and another disappointing appearance. Choosing a few pounds and an opportunity at a summer internship over your dad and family? I guess you don't fall too far from your dad's tree. Talk to you soon. Now, there's a couple of things to be said there. Number one, we don't plan the order that we're going to um, have our little asides, do we? Because we completely minds though, obviously. <laughs> All that talk about NH, the NHS and whatever. So I'm really sorry with a spoon that the NHS missed your, your broken leg. That, Considering that I spend half of my time in America saying that we have a much far, far superior health service over here in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, the fact they miss something as blatant as a broken leg doesn't speak well for socialised medicine. As the it's a big eat of isn't it? <laughs> Rory deciding that a few quid over spending time with, with his family, but not only is he young and mm. he's in this unusual position of being an escort, and he was 
bullied into going through with with these other engagements. But also, still, his relationship with the, with that family is still a work in progress, isn't mm. it? It's still a work in progress. He knows that he should have been there for his dad, and he said as yeah. much. But he's a, a young adult, twenty. He didn't have the fortitude to turn around to them and say, yeah. "Actually, no." no. No, relationship in progress, but one also that had that massive step back as well. So yeah, he—I mean, he's—he's he's not operating on a sort of grounded footing on this one. But to hear his compromise on that, it wasn't that again wasn't comfortable listening. His concern over his dad was massive and genuine, and now to be admonished and said, "No, you've got to come and do this." That's a horrible position to have put him mm. in. It really is. Mm. Um, absolutely absolutely other things that happened in the archers last week stella's come into it since i kind of took my little hiatus so tell me about stella starters a formidable fantastic actor playing stella Mm -hmm. which always i think was quite an exciting proposition when she came in but she's almost i was thinking on this today the exchange that they had um looking at the deer, when Brian and Stella were out looking at the deer. She's like another Debbie for him. She's a Mm. woman who's professional, gets the job done, really knows her stuff. She's shown that she's on Brian and the farm's side by pointing out, hold on a minute, I've looked at the partnership agreement, what does this mean with the divorce? So he trusts her and he respects her. And there's, I really, I quite like their relationship actually, and I, one of the reasons I quite like it is just so refreshing to hear Brian actually talk to another woman in that way. You know, it's, they are of equals. And it, I, th- I think she's a force to be reckoned with. I don't know, though. She's got to have a big plot moment. And I don't know where that's going to come from. Roy the racist. Roy and his racist reminiscences. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. Um, Claire's completely right. This is a plot device. You've only been listening for 15 years. You probably would have missed that because you know, that was like the <laughs> mid the mid 90s. Did Roy have to be so honest and candid? Mm, or was he that honest and candid? I mean, I think at the beginning of his fumbled conversation around this, I was thinking, oh, my God, well, well done, Roy. Actually, you know, you're holding yourself up here this is this is quite incredible and then of course he dodges all accountability completely did, going, it wasn't me really I just facilitated it all oh, they did it though I mean it's like oh, come on come on mm. and there was a slight feeling of you know him perhaps being worried that somebody else is going to t- you know tell Ardil about this and he wanted to get in there mm. first which I, I mean I can kind of understand that would anybody have because, I suppose because if you're being called a Judas, people have got it in for you. Yeah, and may, so maybe this is a time they do want to go dredging up something from... Mm. I mean, how old is Roy now? He's sort of our ages, isn't he? He's 40s, 50s. I, I would have thought mid-40s. Yeah, and, and so that- it's going back to something at the age of 17. Mm. Right, another character who has come into the show when I took my little hiatus is Steph Casey, right? I must admit, I didn't know what the heck was going on. <laughs> don't I don't think like, Ruth or David did either. <laughs> so catch me up, as the Americans would say. What, this, what was all that? I don't know. This was the moment in the Archers week where my it was that head hitting the desk moment. The premise of it was that the, that Casey couple, Steph and her husband, they got married at Brookfield Barn. They're now back for another photo shoot reminiscing on how lovely the day was. 
This is Ruth's marketing ploy in the hope that Steph will post it to her followers in a slight percentage than those which are getting married and a slight percentage of those who would then want to do it in a barn in Ambridge. It really frustrated me. But mm. she's meant to be that kind of, yeah, the head of Dan is an influencer. She's, she's, she's of another world to David and Ruth. I didn't understand why David was taking the photos though. They'd gone, to, they'd got a stylist, makeup artist in, and then David's taking the photos. At best, he's got an iPhone 6. I think he's actually probably just got one of those old Nokia flip phones. <laughs> and there's Ruth just going, oh, they're so good, David. They're so good. I was like, what is going? I don't know. <laughs> But you, you are you are correct as always. You are correct. <laughs> if you're a social media influencer all over Instagram, you're not going to get your granddad to start taking the pictures, are you? No, you're really not. It was just <laughs> something else. Uh, the, the whole thing made no sense no. to me. But I, uh, <laughs> but I tell you what, I did did make sense, and I thought was somewhat um, heartwarming was Chelsea and Jazza. Oh yeah, all of that just yeah. lovely. Give me that all day long, the archers, just like, you know, the Queen and Paddington. I was going, no. <laughs> I love um, Tracy and Chelsea together. The actors playing that, just the vibe on it is just so mother-daughter. It's fantastic. Mm. We've wanted a happy story for Tracy and for Jazza for ages. And they give it to the, they got together. They're now living together. It's just lovely. Yeah. And Chelsea loves him. Yeah, and she, Yeah, she really does. Yeah. And, really, and, he really means something to those two. It's great. And what's sad is that because she cares for him, she didn't want him to move yeah. because she didn't want it. She said, I'll be hunting for you if you finish with my mum type of thing. <laughs> but the first response to push him away because yeah, yeah. she was afraid of getting hurt. Can you count to 10? Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I can. Do you want me to? When was the last time you <laughs> counted cows in the wild? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. It's like, okay, what farming lesson are we getting on this one? I just remember to count your cows. <laughs> but, but you know what? I was, when was it, Friday? I was in the countryside <laughs> and a whole bunch of cows. Cows are much more clever than I actually gave them any credit. They're right? very playful characters Very. As well. yeah. Like, I walked up to this field and they all just came over. Mm. Cows were saying hi. We can, what's happening here? Yeah. Like, hi. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> they all came over. Right. And I think there was maybe 10, maybe there were nine. I'm not quite sure. But there was a few cows. Right. I didn't actually count. And they were just like hanging out, staring at me, nuzzled yeah. forward. They're really quite affectionate. They're lovely. Beasts, They're but really they lovely. They are big burgers. They though. are. Dara says a lot of beef burgers. You get off <laughs> on the a lot. A lot. Yeah. You know, they, if a cow ever runs towards you, don't run away from it because it will think you're playing. And so it will come after you, as will the whole of the herd. So just stay and uh, hang out with them. They're just, they're just really curious. They're inquisitive. I, totally. Yeah. You know, I kind of like patted one. <laughs> you know, I'm from Birmingham. I was, yeah. I was only counting you where I'm from. You know? But they, it was lovely. But, and this is my, human bias and my biases of not being around beasts and beasts of burden but they just like do their business mm. and then they're still eating approximately <laughs> where they've done their I, business okay yes they are yeah i'm kind of of the mind that any animal really should do its business in a corner 
and then you trot off. You can't have been controlling your sphincter, haven't you? Really? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's well, all... once they've done their business, mm. that usually means that they've eaten a lot of the grass in that area. So they'll just they'll just move on to the next bit of grass, mm. and then that that manure becomes the fertilizer. And there you got it. You've got a little farming ecosystem in a field there. I mean, I, I think we're okay. I, you know, it's been a good few years that humans have been eating cows. I think if something was wrong in that system, I'm not saying we'd there's anything wrong. It's just me that's <laughs> watching these beasts. You know, I felt like David Attenborough, but like a very urban David Attenborough, <laughs> urban in all the senses of the word, black from the city. I'm like, oh, he just fell out of his backside. <laughs> and urban, it- but not a bane. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I was just, uh, I was wide eyed. No, it is, it is funny. I mean, I grew up in the countryside, but it, we would always still laugh <laughs> at any age when a cow would do that. Yeah. You know, when a dog or a, or a cat, they go, right, I'm doing my business and a leg is cocked. A cow, I'm just eating bloop, like this, like no ceremony <laughs> at all. But anyway, those cows are awesome. Well done, cows in, in, in Cheshire. <laughs> and if you want to have a look at the picture of those cows, go onto our Facebook group. Said pictures of cows are there. We should crack on with the show. It's round about the time for a little bit of the social media roundup because I did mention Facebook. It'll be a seamless link. Hello, my lovelies. Siri here, Queen Otar on the Twitters. And now it's time for the first week of June social media roundup. It's been a week, hasn't it? Ups and downs. I personally have completely lost track of the days, but I did make sure I knew when it was Friday so that with many others, I'm entirely certain we all bounced on to see what was happening with Brian. But apart from the speculation about what the week would hold earlier on, particularly Darcy Jorgensen and Guy Williams, there was a bit of a lack of explosion of Facebook posts. I suspect that many people like me are away on their hollybobs or busy baking lemon drizzle cake for street parties, preparing their flapjacks to chuck. Oh, on that note, thanks to Louise Lawton for the memories of Jill's arrest. And I think we can all agree that flapjacks are easier to throw than cake. There was a very serious discussion started by Nolleg Griffin. I hope that's how to pronounce your name. Just checked and confirmed the actor who plays Denise Claire Perkins is black. I guess people of all skin colours have all kinds of accents and ways of speaking. For someone else, I suppose you might end up saying, oh, I'm surprised that person isn't black, white, brown. It shows that the voice transcends the media. If you've not read this thread, it had a lot of thoughts about things like hair braiding and our perceptions, and it's well worth taking a look. Joanne Smith said, that was cool, wasn't it? It's not often we get a little moment of, ooh, this helps me build a more complete mental picture of the character on the show. Sounds like she's going to start playing a bigger role in storylines now that we're hearing discussions about her personal life. Of course, I thought that about Joy, but she's vanished into thin air, so maybe I should wait and see. More on that in just a minute. Fran, Danella Vites, which I think is how to say it, asked if Brian's angina attack will be the trigger for Alice and Chris to reassess their life and decide to give marriage another go. Our Lillian McCarthy doubted it, and Jan Sparrow-Veluro said, at least it might trigger some mediation to make things more civil. By the way, Neil will probably blame himself for Brian's heart attack for being so shouty at Brian. Oh, the drama and the joy yet to come. Shirley Farrant Anstey encouraged speculation on who the unsung heroes might turn out. 
She suggested Denise, already favoured elsewhere for a vet nurse award, whose compassion has been noted by Alistair. Barry, the rat fancier supreme, favoured by Denise, who we hear has more to him beyond his appearance as an oddity, although it was pointed out that his rat handling left much to be desired by Claire Marsh. Rat Care Facebook groups would eat Barry for breakfast and insist he rehomes Dexter. Audrey Brown said, I'm entering Clary for her tireless work on the costumes for Linda's annual Histronic Flights of Fancy. Histronics have been used a lot this week. Elizabeth Berne, how about the Button Girls? Greatly underrated in my opinion. Although we've never heard them, they are solid characters who turn up for everything. I'm sure they'll be involved somewhere behind the scenes in Sunday's episode. I'm hoping it's going to involve sugar-crazed children rampaging through the village and we'll find out the people's favourites. We're definitely missing the presence of some of our docudrama heroes. For those that wish to know, there is news of Joy's actor and Rory's actor and what they are doing, thanks to David Tweedy and Jan Mitchell for your posts. You can get some inkling of what they're up to by coming over to the Facebook page. And if you haven't been there, come on over and join in the chat. We love having new people join in and established people coming back. And we've got lots of new members coming in all the time. Please remember to be kind to each other as we're all feeling the stress of the world right now. So play nicely and join in. Stay safe, my lovelies, until the next one. Oh, thank you for that, Arsu, Queen of Tut. The actor who plays Rory, who also did a, a, a Zoom with us, he's doing a bit of Shakespeare. Is he? I think it was something, you know, I think it was bard like mm. and and i was in stratford don't you know last week with my mum my dad and my daughter just because you've been all over the place i have i get about a bit we saw henry the sixth war of the roses bit of male nudity oh how did your mum take that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't tell her until we got to stratford that i said mum there's a little bit of male nudity she went, mm. <laughs> and she went Damn it, I forgot my glasses. I left them at home. <laughs> the classic timing was brilliant. She went, oh, and then she went, damn it, Glenn, I've forgotten my glasses. That's fantastic. But yes, you saw King Henry VI's um, palace <gasps> and his buttocks. Very fleeting, but you did see them. And there was an audible little, oh, <laughs> <laughs> from the, the polite theatre goers in Stratford. But it, but it was, I tell you what they did, which was tremendous. So, you know, obviously, you know, Shakespeare's very big. Forsooth, I say mm. to York. And everything's declaiming to this point when this one prince is hidden behind the throne. And, and they started speaking really quite quietly because I'm scared. The men from Lancaster are here to, you know, to, to, to do me. Or, of course, said in Shakespeare speak. <laughs> and what they had was somebody came with, with, with a camera, a video camera, and then they projected on this metal beaded curtain the face oh wow wow nice the staging yeah like it's all stark and it's lit harshly and deliberately but all of a sudden these faces would just appear <gasps> lovely it was tremendous so and the other thing is 10 pound tickets yeah, if you're anywhere close to Stratford, uh, good listeners, and you just want to appear to be a little bit kind of cultured, <laughs> it's only going to cost only you a tenner. Only going to cost you a tenner. A tenner, a tenner. <laughs> I could afford to take me mum, me dad and me daughter. <laughs> I was like, let's have some culture. <laughs> and me dad was like, 
I've never seen any Shakespeare. It's a long play. He fell asleep, but even then, when he woke up, you know, thanks for that something. Ten quid, wow. Uh, Talking about archers, actors and other things, Anisha is in Midwich Cuckoos as well. Hmm. On Sky, and that's blinking brilliant. The point that that was made in the debate about actors of colour, and should you even mention it, Mm. and does it matter? Mm. It does and it doesn't. When you go to the RSC and you see the posters, and they've got in the foyer on the top above you, they've got these circles and these images there, and it's all lit up, and it's like Hamlet, and it's Romeo and Juliet, and it's a Midsummer Night's Dream, Merchant of Venice, all the productions, right? I'm black, so I can say this. Mm. The level of diversity there, even Mm. I was going, oh my gosh, like this, right? And one of the security guards made a point of saying to, he was black, and my dad caught his eyes. Oh, black people, black people! Too, you know? So he came over to my to my parents, and I kind of eye rolled and stuff. <laughs> and he made the point of saying, "And I forget which play it was. I'm going to say Hamlet." And he said the whole cast were black. And he said it was really interesting. And the run of that first week, all the audience were white. Mm. That's typically what goes to watch yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah. And he says as it went on, progressively got blacker and blacker and blacker. Yeah. By the end of like the last week, he said it was completely black. So on the one hand, does colour matter uh, and, and representation? It shouldn't matter. Have we historically denied people of colour roles because we said you don't fit? Yes, we yeah. have. Do we live in a society of which there is still some level of prejudice? Mm. Absolutely. And somebody just casually would say in conversation, oh, Denise, the black woman who works yeah, at, yeah. The, at the veterinary surgery. Yeah. They're, not, they're not meaning that they're going to start voting for the British National Party mm. tomorrow, but it is it is a natural thing to say. And, and the archers have always steered clear of those natural descriptors yeah. of people because they don't want to be accused of any level of racism. So I actually thought the braids thing was a nice little such. If you're tuned in, you're going to yeah. hear it. If you're not, you're not. Yeah. No, my ears did prick up to that. It's like, ooh, yeah. ooh, archers, well done you. Yeah. And, and, the, and the interesting thing is, and I forget her name, but the actor who plays Alistair's sister is black. Oh, okay. And she plays a white character. It's a complicated thing, but I, I love the fact that they just put the braids thing in. Yeah. Like, it matters, but it doesn't matter. But in real life, that would have been so. I thought it was interesting when Roy said of his 17-year-old self that he hadn't met anybody of colour before. And I grew up in Somerset. I had Bristol on the doorstep. If I didn't have that, and also if I hadn't gone to London, I probably wouldn't have seen a person of colour until I got to university. Am I the first black person to ever been in your flat? In this house, probably, yes. Oh, my gosh, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> but not in my not in my houses across all of my life. Far from it, actually. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, you are the first white woman who's given me a glass of water today. There you go. <laughs> right. Seeing as we were on talking about socials and chatting social media, Academic Archers has a new book out. It's got so much in about it, about why we're fans of the Archers, how we connect to other fans as well. So a lot of stuff that me and Wolf would have been talking about today. So there's lots about Facebook. There's lots about the tweet along. There's lots about the friendships. 
And the opening chapter is by Dumpty Dum regular Claire from Clapham. Her chapter is Fans, Flights, Flounces and Fundamentalists, Understanding Online Archers Fan Cultures. And it's a brilliant chapter as ever by Claire. She's just fantastic. So the book is called Fandom Culture and the Archers. It's got a Frisian cow on it. It's out now and you can get it wherever you buy your books from. Now, I've been asking for reviews and uh, one person has uh, taken me at my word. So we have one review this week. So if you would like to have a little bit of a shout out in this section, you can just write us a review. Uh, We'll pick it up if you write that review on Apple iTunes. Now, there are other platforms which you can write reviews on. It's just that I won't actually know. And then I will read that out. But this one came in from Deranged Clown. Dum-de-dum is a hot apple pie to the custard, to the archer's omnibus stew and dumplings. Nothing more to say, except sometimes it's even the cheese board as well. So thank you for that, Drain Clown. And they also gave us five stars, which is also awesome. If you think, you know what, it's a little bit pony, this podcast, or it could be improved and you want to give us three stars, still read it out. Because you know what, all criticism is good criticism write us a review and that'd be most awesome now we also like to welcome our new facebook members and this week we had uh, sarah jolly linda mcdonald jesse beasley lily clough and shannon ellaby martin we're also on twitter and that's at dum dum our team always includes the archers hashtag using a capital t and a capital a so that the visually impaired can enjoy any archers based tweets Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. Also, try and include the at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps the community keep growing. So as well as following us at Dumpty Dum, Cara, how can people find you on the Twitters? Um, I'm at Cara Courage, but mostly it's photos of my cat that you'll find on there. (laughs) And Academic Archers is at Academic Archers and put that into Facebook, Google. You'll come and find us. Being as we're talking about Twitter, it's probably apropos that I press this button for Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with the Tweets of the Week. First, can I confirm that I'm very happy to have nominations for Tweet of the Week from the Twitterati? Simply tag at Dumpty Dum with the hashtag Twitter Week or T-O-T-W and I'll see it. Alternatively, and I hesitate to break it to such a social media guru as Royfield, but I'll get recommendations from the Twitter algorithm that flags up the most liked, retweeted or commented on tweets for hashtag The Archers for the preceding week. So now for the medal winners for this week. In bronze position. With my choice of the puns triggered by one line from David, it's a pair of tweets from Charlie Notton, who goes by at 19CEM on Twitter. David's burning wood will be visible for miles, and the phrase, take the wood up Lakey Hill, will never cease to be amusing. In silver, we have John Porter, at Pie Under Pint, who says, 13 buns in a baker's dozen, Nine cows in a stockman's ten. Old Dorchester saying. And in gold, on the same topic, it's D Daly, at D in Hastings, who says, I mean, I've had a delivery with a pair of socks missing, but a cow? 
a whole mooing, pooping, ruminating cow. And that's it for this week. See you all at the next Tweet Along, enjoying the whole 75 minutes now that we have our extra episode back every week. Bye for now. Tatty bye, Purple Pumpkin. Now, uh, number one, I'm not a social media supremo by any stretch of the, uh, more maestro, I think you call me. The other thing is, what I'm trying to do is it's like it's a community effort where people are consciously giving a thumbs up to a, a tweet that they like. Because if you just do the algorithm, right, you might get the most controversial. It's not necessarily one that's tickled you. But you still, you know, basically we include the community, but then still you have your position as the fundamental empress and arbiter of all things Tweet of the Week-ish. So that's what I'm trying to do, encourage the people, you know, to have their little bit of uh, an input. You did an awesome job. You do that, Mrs. What You Want. That was brilliant. Do you do job reviews at work? <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what, though? Quentin... He said that this is the people's podcast. It isn't just one voice all the way through commenting all regular voices. It's a cast of maybe 20, 25 people who do something around the podcast. The last time I looked, it was over 3 million downloads of the podcast. Wow. So, but it is a cast of 25 people um, who actively are putting this thing together and then but if you widen that out there are people who are willing it along mm. and i think that's wonderful mm. so this is just another way of just kind of cementing the fact that if you don't have the courage hey. to um call in or email in you can still say i saw that tweet i think that's good here's my little contribution nick and i thought we were only going to do one conference as complete one-off and it's seven years, five books, <laughs> etc., etc. later. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, we are coming up the 450th episode of Dum Dee Dum. People know that um, Philippa, for family reasons, had to say no. With things at home, she couldn't take, continue the commitment of doing Dum Dee Dum. And then Quentin has just retired from the BBC and it was much more time than he thought it was it was going to be initially when when he took when he said he would co-host with Philip. I'll be honest with you listener, I don't know how much dum de dum puffer got in me. And when they said that they were going to step down, number one it came out out, out, out of the blues, totally understandable reasons there. I did think it's quite close the whole thing down like 8 years of this mm. is a fair innings. And we are coming up to 4.50. So I'm kind of half of the mind in nine episodes time to, to knock it on the head. But one thing which, funny enough, we've mentioned her a few times we've been on the show, Claire from Clappers, and she said to me, the thing is, Royfield, it isn't just the podcast, is it? There's actually a community of people. Mm. And after saying this is the people's podcast... I was thinking of the podcast, not the Facebook group, not um, Instagram group or, or Twitter or the people who I've met out on meetups. So I think this thing will continue past 450, but it's going to need a village to keep this podcast going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, what's this? My eye. <laughs> You're right, though, because, you know, Nick and I stepping back a little bit from, from we're not admitting the Facebook group for academic archers. It's not as simple as saying, OK, well, we won't do it. Hmm. Because there's a big gang of us. 
yeah, it, it isn't just going, right, I'm not going to do podcasts anymore, sorry. Yeah. But okay, so we've got nine episodes to muster then, haven't we? I really am 50-50. Don't get me wrong, I've got the plans for Patreon and, and we can just go on. I want to do the Zooms. The first Zoom uh, we will do, we'll put that out open to everyone. So people can, whether you're a Patreon member or not, you can uh, join that. And I said, they're all on, on YouTube. So please go onto YouTube, type in Dum Dee Dum, uh, and, and you can go and watch them. And literally, you name the actor, and, and we interviewed them uh, two years ago. This has been lovely today. It's been great fun. You know, I'm so, <laughs> I'm actually glad the internet didn't work in the end. <laughs> Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman. And a special shout-out goes out to Philippa Hall and Quentin Rayner, who stewarded the, the good ship dum de dum uh, for some uh, nine to ten months. Now we can properly draw a veil over this week's uh, rumbustrous episode. Uh, this has been uh, me, Royful Brown, and I'm sat with... Uh, Dr. Cara Courage. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.